Hello, everyone. How are you? My name is Sammy Brenner, back to lead another episode of the Meraki Unbox podcast, my favorite thing to do. It is June. It is Pride Month. Yes, we are here to celebrate. We have a fantastic episode today with some really special guests that we'll introduce in a second. But before we get into the content of the episode today and talk to three amazing Moroccans, I want to give you our shameless plug. If you want to collaborate with us or you have ideas about the podcast or you want to be a guest on the podcast, reach out to us, reach out to our team. We would love to collaborate with you. We're always game for ideas. So don't be shy if uh, it makes sense to reach out and tell us some content. All right. We've got new episodes every two weeks. But back to today. So we have got uh, three guests joining us. And as you know, I mentioned before, June is Pride Month. So June is LGBTQIA plus Pride. And we're excited to be joined by Moroccans. Some of my guests uh, today are transgender, some are non-binary, and they're going to really open up and share their stories and talk to us about their experience. And we're also going to highlight QFAM, which is an employee resource group at Meraki that really is special and unique to our culture. So without further ado, I'm going to turn it over and introduce our guest. So um, I'll start with Britta. Go ahead and tell me your name, your pronouns, and how long you've been at Meraki. Hi, everybody. My name is Britta. Um, I, my pronouns are he, they, and I am a brand new intern um, that works out, that works support engineer intern here at Meraki. I've been here for about two and a half weeks. Um, Yay. Welcome. Intern. I love it. Two and a half weeks. Yeah. Crazy. And you're already in the office enjoying it. I love it. Well, thank you for joining us today. Paul, I'll toss it over to you. Howdy. Uh, my name is Paul Haru. I um, am on the MR Insight team in engineering, um, and my pronouns are he, they, which is a shortened version of he, him, they, them, because uh, I have a, I don't know, I don't have a strong preference, so he, they. Got it. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Paul. Welcome, welcome. And last but certainly not least, Ryan, I'll toss you the ball. Uh, I'm Ryan Fox. I'm uh, an SRE uh, engineer on our Lens platform team. Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Uh, I've been with Meraki for about nine months now, uh, just a little shy of a year. Welcome. So happy to have That's you on the podcast. All three of you. Uh, fantastic. So I want to start by hearing your stories and kind of how you got to Meraki in the first place. So, Britta, I'm going to start with you. How did you, two weeks in internship program? I love it. Tell us, you know, how did you get to Cisco Meraki? How did you hear about it? And, and what about kind of the culture or the inclusive nature made you interested in joining? So, I didn't know that Meraki existed up until a about a year ago, a little under a year ago, um, I went to a I went to the Grace Hopper Conference in Orlando, Florida, this past September, which is a giant conference for women and non-binary technologists. Um, also doubles as a giant career fair. And I went in not really having any idea what I wanted to do. I kind of was like, okay, I'll just talk to every company that I can see, you know, learn as much as I can. It was my first experience being a giant room full of a bunch of tech, um, tech companies. Um, and I, I knew Cisco because I work, I'm an network technician for my university back home. Um, and so I was like, well, I know Cisco, I work with their products, I'll go talk to them. And I spent like 45 minutes talking to a recruiter from Meraki specifically. Um, they kind of chatted me up, they were really, really nice. Um, 
Oh, so much so that I kind of forgot that I was being sold a company for a little while. I was kind of just having a conversation about like how work, how work-life balance works. And I was like, oh, great. I'm being sold a company right now. And then um, I kind of explained what I was interested in. Like, I was like, I don't really know if I want like, you know, an engineering internship or like a support internship. I'm kind of on the fence of both. And she pointed me online to the, um, to the Cisco jobs portal. And I read through um, the internship offer and I applied being like, okay, I probably won't get it. I don't really fit the requirements, you know, um, but I went through a bunch of interviews. Um, I went through five in total. I had two written and I had three in person. I met with um, different Moroccans from different teams. I interviewed with a software engineer one time. I interviewed with a, um, I think I interviewed with a um, admin, like a, a person higher up on the chain at one point. Um, and I, I, what I did, what I asked every single interviewer after my session was, what is the, what is your favorite thing that you like about Meraki? Or like, why did you choose Meraki um, to work? And every single one of them said the culture. Um, they loved their coworkers. They loved their job. They loved going into the office every day. They purposely made time to go into the office or meet with their coworkers because they loved being part of something bigger. And they felt like what they were doing actually was contributing to something larger. And every other interview that I had um, with other companies, not a single person said anything about the company culture, um, which is which really stuck out to me because I was like, well, if these people really, really love their job, then I, I think it's, it must be a really good place to go. And then after I got connected with the intern coordinator, um, and I've been here for two weeks, I've probably talked to over 100 people. People just smile at you in the hallways. They wave at you. They'll have a conversation with you for like 10 minutes. Um, people don't even know me. I'm like, hi. And it was it's really, really just like overwhelming how, you know, close knit and like how good the Meraki culture is. It's been really overwhelming in terms of the internship search process. I'm very glad with my decision. Oh, yeah. I mean, you'll that's a common theme throughout Meraki. People say, what's your favorite part about Meraki? And the culture and the people are at the top of the list for most mm -hmm. employees. Yeah. So that's incredible that you even felt that um, at a career fair and throughout your interview process. Was it um, let me ask, did you do a little digging and uh, specifically about Cisco in terms of the inclusive nature and the programs we have and the EROs? Tell us a little bit. So about I originally didn't. When I first applied, I didn't. Um, after, so I got the internship offer, and I want to say late October. Um, and so then after that, I um, had a, I had I was between three different companies. I had three different offers from different companies, and I spent a very long time researching every single company after that. And Cis, um, Meraki in particular really stuck out to me because everything I was seeing was like these research groups, or I saw a thing where you know Meraki gives um, um employees did a day off to go like volunteer i believe it's called a giving day i cannot remember what it is exactly called i'm so sorry yeah, but i thought that it was really cool how they built in like personal living into the work schedule like work is something that you do but it's not something that you live it's just a part of your life if that makes sense and i really liked how you know the meraki culture didn't just stay in the workplace it it kind of followed itself outside of the workplace and it kind of became a full wrapped thing specifically with the research research re i'm so sorry but you know what I'm saying, <laughs> eros yeah yeah i do know what you're saying awesome well thank you for explaining that and um digging in and doing research before accepting the internship offer so let me pivot ryan what has been your experience at Cisco Meraki, and how did you land here? What was appealing to you when you were in your search to find a company? Uh, well, I am not an intern. I've been in tech for about 25 years now. I 
uh, transitioned from male to female about 10 years ago. And I was at uh, a big tech company at the time, but I was the first employee that had transitioned there. Uh, so I found myself working with uh, that company's HR, setting policy and, and figuring out what benefits uh, we needed to uh, be offering what, what was important to me and what I, I thought would probably be important to others uh, down the line. Uh, and I looked at what other companies were doing and I re remember Cisco being uh, very top of the line all the uh, across the board with, with their um, LGBT related benefits. Um, and so a lot of years later, when I was uh, looking for a new challenge, uh, when I found something that was at Cisco Meraki, uh, that, that was a very easy sell. Uh, I you know, always thought very highly of Cisco and uh, was, was really nice to uh, be able to, to join. Um, and then like when I looked up what Meraki stands for, uh, and saw it was uh, Greek for something done with love and passion. Like my soul felt so at home. <laughs> oh, I love that. Isn't that so great that it stands for doing something with soul, creativity, or passion, the word Meraki? It is. Okay, amazing. So you you felt so at home. And, and Ryan, what was your uh, process, like going through the interview process? How did you feel? Um, did you feel that kind of inclusive nature? You know, you mentioned Cisco was setting policies that were maybe before its time and other tech companies followed. Was that your experience throughout the interview process and, you know, now being an employee? Uh, it absolutely was. Um, my uh, interviewers were uh, a diverse set of, of individuals, uh, like, like Britta's experience. Uh, you could tell that everybody was, um, very happy, very passionate, um, <clears throat> very human first. Um, and it, it was just absolutely somewhere that I wanted to be. Yeah, yeah, that's really incredibly special. Thank you for sharing that. So again, June is Pride Month and we want to dedicate this podcast to sharing stories and experiences from the three of you. And I'd love to ask, each of you, what does pride mean to you as a trans or non-binary person? So, Paul, I'm, I'm looking at you. Let's I, I'd love to hear what pride means to you. Yeah, um, so. Let's see. I would say generally for me, pride is about like visibility, um, like solidarity, like acknowledgement, like acknowledgement of like a minority of the population's existence, basically. Um, I would say like the biggest pride experience I ever had was like, um, I went to a pride festival and I presented femininely there. Um, and that was like kind of me coming out or like, it was, it was a big step for me, I would say like in public sort of stuff. Um, and it was like, I went to this festival. There's all these other queer people there to co-mingle with. People are like giving me compliments and saying how much they love my outfit. And then like I meet two of my like queer friends I had not come out to and I'm just like, well, uh, this is part of my deal. And they're like, awesome. You want some snacks? And I'm like, yeah. And it's just kind of like very nice, fun, like high energy sort of day. And like kind of a celebration of this diverse set of identities 
that in your day-to-day life it like often feels like you're kind of like alone so it's kind of like having everyone come together say we're all in this together and just kind of like um yeah just uh well i've trailed off but yeah that sense of community though yeah yeah have a sense of community and like Mm -hmm remind everyone that you know even in like however large a city here's all of these people that came out um yeah Yeah. that is an incredibly cool experience and i love what you said it is a diverse set of identities right it is a spectrum and um i think pride you encompass that well of celebrating all of us for who we are and how we decide to show up which is a really beautiful thing um what about you britta what does pride mean to you Um, So this is actually probably my first Pride Month being out to the majority of the people that I'm close to. Um, It's very, very big for me. Um, I would say especially um, experiencing Pride in California has been an eye-opening experience. I'm originally from the East Coast, so um, big, big change. Um, There was a giant Pride flag in my apartment building. There's Pride flags in the streets. Um, I see people that look like me, you know, talk like me just out in public. And I feel I feel seen in a way that um, isn't attention grabbing. I feel a part of like a community in a way. It's like this greater love in a way of like you can see someone on the street and you know you can you almost you know that they're queer but like you know that like they've seen something similar to you and you just you know like we make eye contact and you nod at each other and you're like yeah someone sees me and they get it um but it's been i'm very excited i am actually going to the pride festival in san francisco end of the month um, which will be my first time going to a pride festival of any kind so i am very excited to experience that for myself um so pride to me, I think, is a journey and a celebration at the same time of, you know, finding who you are and find and meeting other people who are similar to you and hearing their stories and celebrating who we all are in this, you know, large, large world of people. Mm-hmm. Well, you're in for a treat because pride in San Francisco, there is truly nothing like it. It is the most joyous celebratory time. I am very so excited. Funny. I actually might be walking in the parade. I've tried. Yay. I think I might be walking in the parade. So that might be very, it's a very exciting experience. I'm looking forward to. You should. If you get the opportunity to do it, you absolutely should. And by the way, congrats on coming out. This being really your first pride where you can lean Thank in you. and celebrate in this way. That's huge. I'm so excited for you. Um, tell us, what is what does pride mean to you, Ryan? Um, to me, it, it very much is, is that celebration that, that everyone said, um, I, I'm in my forties. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Um, uh, I, I felt very bad about my identity as a kid. Um, it, it was something that I hid and, um, was, was ashamed of, um, and pride to me is the, the casting aside of that and being out and happy and visible um, with the, the idea that, that that visibility can help other people not have to go through all of that, that self-loathing and shame. Oh, that really resonates. Um, and how beautiful that visibility is kind of your word that you're talking about when it comes to pride and celebrating who you are and being an example for others, right? Who might be going through what you went through so they know that you're not alone, right? Uh Um, That's awesome. 
You know, I think as we transition here and we talk about a big part of pride is also allyship, right? And, and making sure that people in our community know about it and, and know how to ask questions and be curious and be supportive allies. I think that's a huge part of the pride community is all the allies, you know, um, in our network. So can you give, Britta, I'll start with you on this one. Can you give in a, us an example of what is like effective allyship look like to you versus I know we had talked before and you, you shared an example where you were at a, a different company and it was certainly lacking. Can you kind of tell us what that, what that looked like? Um, so I think, I think effective allyship to me, um, is very, is very much engaged listening. Um, like since coming here, I've met many people who are much older than me and much further along in their career, but are, who are also queer. And like, um, so this yesterday, um, QFAM started passing out their um, t-shirts. They have pride t-shirts every year. And I volunteered to help pass out on the t-shirts. Um, and throughout the three hours that I was there, I met like so many different people and I talked to a bunch of them and they kind of just like immediately started talking about like who they were, um, you know, why they were here, how they got here. And not all of them are part of the queer community. And a lot of them were like, oh, I have a family member who has transitioned in the past, or I have a daughter, I have a son, like, and I got to meet a lot of different people from different walks of life. And it was very, very cool to see how willing and engaged they were to support the people that they loved and that they cared about. Um, especially at this, at this company, everyone here is so open and willing to hear a viewpoint, at least in my experience so far, that isn't, maybe not, maybe not for like what they originally, you know, what they thought or how they, how they live their lives, but they're very much, you know, willing and able to listen and, you know, sympathize or work with your viewpoints. Um, to, like you said earlier, I've been, I've interviewed with other companies or talked to other people in different, um, different like areas of tech that have been very, you know, lackluster in the way of their viewpoints. Um, I've been side-eyed while I walk into an interview room because I don't really match my description on my resume or, you know, other things like that. Or I'll mention that I'm non-binary and they'll, you know, look me up and down and be like, okay, you know, I've had that beater on the bush kind of um, attitude, but coming here, I got to, um, on all of my paperwork, I was allowed to like choose like my, my gender expression, you know, there was an additional other box to describe it more, in more in depth if you wanted to, um, a bunch of other things that have just, you know, been like, I thought about it and I was like, I didn't know those things existed in companies before. I've just been wowed about how, you know, devoted Meraki is to, you know, be letting, queer people be seen visibility really is the is the huge word here and it's really much like meraki is very devoted to letting queer people be seen as who they are and how they are yeah yeah that's an awesome example and thank you for sharing that um and good to hear that you didn't have that experience at meraki right where you got side-eyed or looked at in an interview um because that's just that that feels isolating right and and not welcoming and inclusive of who you are um, what about you, Ryan? Any any examples of of strong allyship, maybe versus times where you didn't feel it? You know, I don't know that I have a ton to add to what Prita said, but um, what what popped into my head was that how great of a trait it is for engineers to be open to other viewpoints and be empathetic and be human first. Like I'm, I'm so proud that that was your experience here, and I, I'm so happy to work for a company that, uh, I, I feel that way about, um, and I'm sure that that, that translates to better products. 
Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. When people can show up and be who they are and feel seen and be visible, that's our word of this podcast. The output is better. The work is better, right? You do show up as a better employee if you feel seen. Um, and there's a lot of research to support that. Paul, I'm going to turn it over to you. I mean, what do you think, if anything, because this podcast is public anywhere you can download podcasts, so Spotify, Apple, right? There might be folks listening who aren't at Cisco or aren't at Meraki. How do you think we can create more inclusive environments for folks? Do you have anything that comes to mind? Um, yeah, I think the biggest thing about inclusis, inclusivity is you need to be explicit about it. Um, you need to, if you leave gray area, then it, or if you leave any kind of like, or yeah, ambiguity, it's easy to just kind of assume status quo. Um, so that's the sort of thing where it's like, if you make an ERO and you say, this is a space for queer people, um, you know, that's being explicit and saying, these people are welcome here. We made a space for them. If in your, um, like company bio and stuff like that, it's like you allow specifying pronouns and everyone like engages in the sharing of pronouns and respects those that is kind of being explicit about, um, something that may not affect everyone. Um, but you know, those affected by it are, like are appreciative of it. Um, so it, I, I would say generally it's like that kind of intentionality, um, in both like policy and culture and yeah, just, just taking an interest in other people, um, learning their stories. Yeah. And then living it, not only taking yeah. an interest, living it, the intentionality piece behind what you're saying is so important. Like in workday now we can add our pronouns right to our profile. Um, that's one small step, right? Cisco is saying, we're hearing you, we see you, we wanna be more inclusive. So um, yeah. thanks for calling that out. Um, I'm curious even in about, the, sorry. oh yeah, go ahead. Even in, the, even in the interview process, um, I, when, whatever form I filled out, asked my pronouns. And then like, while my recruiter read back the feedback or some of my feedback and like my pronouns were respected in the feedback. And that was like a major green flag for me. I feel like wow. mm -hmm. yeah. that happened for me as well. In my intern interviews, um, they asked me, so I also have a preferred name as well. So they asked me my preferred name and my pronouns. And that was reflected in every like inter um, interview, like pre pre-screening, post-screening, everything. It was, totally transparent. Another huge green flag for me as well when interviewing with Meraki. Yes. I'm doing my snaps over here. Go Meraki. I love that. That makes me so happy to hear. Um, so I'm curious about your time working for Cisco Meraki. How has this professional experience been completely different for you? Paul, I know you mentioned a story um, just about one of the trainings that Cisco had. Can you kind of tell us about that? Uh, yeah. Um one of the as with any new company you join and then you get to watch several hours of training content um but one of the training modules was like about creating a conscious culture and just kind of being aware of other people and um yeah just being a good i don't know citizen basically um but i was really surprised because there was a segment in it that was explicitly like how to ask a non-binary person their pronouns and it was like a training video where it showed an older person and then like someone where you couldn't really tell their gender per se like it was very mixed and like the other person kind of like assuming 
um one set of pronouns and then later being like ah oh, gee i messed up like i don't know if that's their pronouns and somebody be like you can go apologize and ask and then he did and it was fine and like everything moved on and it was like it was surreal to me because like i have never i never thought i would be acknowledged in corporate training um i never thought someone would say oh yeah you exist and here's training to help people interacting with you yeah yeah wow that it's i mean it's such a differentiator with cisco let me ask i feel like so many people are scared to get it wrong that folks are intimidated to even ask you know your pronouns or are you non-binary or what does that mean to you or what's the language how can i be supportive like what messaging do each of you have for folks who feel afraid or don't even want to say anything because they don't want to say the wrong thing like you know what advice do you have to give uh, i can quickly say um the well okay there are probably worse things but one thing one mistake easy mistake to make is if you get pronouns wrong or um something like that um trying to like act like it's a big deal or make a scene out of it like often if you kind of slip up or something like the other person wants to not be singled out and get this interaction over fairly quickly or something like that like they don't want to be singled out so like i would say like if you misgender someone it's like you'd say sorry and then you or if they correct you you just like say sorry and use that moving forward um it's like very often um like someone will assume i'm a woman and then um i speak and then they're like oh uh what the heck's going on i'm like it's fine just roll with it you know sort of thing so i would say for the most part it's like be relaxed be chill and then like listen to the other person and you know roll with what they want to do okay anyone else a new experience I've had recently is I've had a couple people come up to me, um, like we were walking in the hallway, we were in a room, they would tap me on the shoulder and be like, hey, um, I just wanted to double check, what are your pronouns? Like I had people just come up to me and ask in a private situation because I think that's made them feel a little bit better. I think there's a lot of like stigma around like, you know, introducing yourself and being like, hi, what are your pronouns? Like that's okay, it's still a new, it's still new verbiage that a lot of people, at least at my age, are still trying to get used to like incorporating into like, you know, um, congeniality conversations um but i've had several interns come to me and be like hey um i'm so sorry i never asked you um what are your pronouns how can i use them properly and i was like whoa <laughs> did not know that like i i was very taken aback with them asking in the first place and i was like oh thank you so much for asking um here's how you here, here's my pronouns are um i'm totally okay like it's, it's okay that you didn't know and then they, they try to apologize and be like it's okay that you didn't know it's more of the act of you coming up to me later and asking me one-on-one -on -one, being like hey how can i make you how can i address you like in the right way to make you feel seen was a lot bigger to me than you you know being like i'm so sorry and then like you know not asking later if that makes mm. sense okay so just going up to the person directly maybe in a private situation yeah. and saying, hey i want to make sure i'm getting this right awesome ryan anything to add to that um <clears throat> I think that good intentions make a lot of difference, that it's easy for um, somebody who uh, may be the target of um, incorrect pronouns sometimes to, uh, to tell the difference when somebody is uh, trying uh, and wants to do the right thing uh, than uh, being purposefully misgendered. Um, and so, you know, as long as somebody's making an attempt, somebody's improving, I think that um, 
you know, that that's generally easily well received. And I, I don't know what what uh, your all's experience has been, but uh, I'm a transgender woman and uh, there are times where I will screw up somebody's pronouns. I feel a ton of guilt about that, that I am not perfect, but it turns out that I am in fact human and I make those mistakes sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for acknowledging that and sharing that. And I, I have this Brene Brown quote in my head that I want to share with the group, which is, we're not here to be right. We're here to get it right. And so as long as you are well-intentioned, you know, you, you're trying, no one's going to slap your wrist for that, right? It, it's just all about caring and asking questions. And it sounds like from this group, astoundingly, be curious, right? I think that's the most important thing is be chill and be curious about it. Um, so thank you all for sharing that. Um, Paul, I want to ask you a question about kind of hybrid work and how that's impacted your experience. What are some of the negatives and positives about um, hybrid work in your situation being non-binary? Like talk to us kind of about your experience in that regard. Yeah, so I am a full remote employee located in Michigan, the Midwest, uh, and Michigan is not quite as um, progressive as California. So um, I would say one specific experience I had, like working at like a more conservative Midwest company um, and then transitioning to a either hybrid or full remote role was there was this like immense amount of pressure lifted from me in terms of like needing to get gender perfectly, I guess, um, to get my presentation right on the first try. Um, because in a remote situation, I can like play with presentation. I can try these different things like in my day to day. And like, I'm ultimately like have like a set of meetings I'm aware of where I'm on camera and I'm like of a certain size on my camera screen. So, um, it gave this much higher flexibility to kind of like um, like experiment and find myself, um, which I won't be surprised if that was a very common, uh, feeling felt by, uh, everyone during the, the lockdown of the pandemic of being forced to be in your house and going, what is life? What do I want to do? Um, sort of thing. So I would say like that, that that's like the, the first kind of thing. And then, um, like working for a company set in California, kind of almost like raises my like standards in a way or like working for a more progressive company like goes like oh this is like the bar sort of thing it's not you know what's around me it's like this is what it could be um but in terms of drawbacks i'd say you know the the usual sorts of things it's like um it's like i heard britta's story about interacting with all these people and being seen and handing out shirts and i went wow i would have loved to do that but i did not want to fly out <laughs> and hand out shirts and fly home. And, you know, a lot of those kind of unstructured socializations and things like that, which can be mitigated through on-sites. Um, in fact, um, there's a there's a weekly video call for, or bi-weekly call for a QFAM that people will join and, you know, just chat about whatever. Um, and when I had my on-site, another person that was doing their, or, or another person also had their on-site from another department and we kind of walked back and then, or walked past each other and kind of fist bumped and went on their ways. So it's just nice to see that in-person solidarity. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Um, 
you mentioned, and we have mentioned QFAM a couple of times. So I want to, I want to talk about this to folks who are maybe outside of Cisco or Meraki. So everyone knows what it is. So QFAM is our employee resource group at Meraki, and it stands for queers and friends at Meraki. So that's what QFAM stands for. And it's a really special community. And every year in the month of June, QFAM has the dopest shirts every single time for pride. They're amazing. But beyond that, there are events and there are meetings. Um, and it's just a, an employee resource group. Again, queers and friends are welcome. And it's a really big employee resource group that we have at Cisco Maraki. And I want to hear from each of you. Tell us either maybe a unique event that stood out to you that you've been a part of or, you know, some meaningful experience. Um, that you've taken from being a part of this community in QFAM. So, um, Britta, I'll start with you. Okay, so like I said, I've only been here for a couple of weeks, but um, I, I I found QFAM the first day that I got here, and I was super excited. I was like, wow, that's that's a really cool thing to have in Rocky. But um, Paul kind of mentioned it earlier, um, there's twice a, twice a month, I believe, there's like a WebEx um, meeting that um, people in QFAM will just, you know, have, they'll just hang out and talk about things. And I joined it this past week because I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious. I didn't know if I was allowed in because I was an intern, but I was like, I'll, I'll come and say hi. And I met a lot of people and it was very, very cool to just get to, you know, connect with people, you know, learn who they were and what they did at Meraki, um, you know, how, what their lives look like. And it was just very interesting to like connect with other people. I also mentioned a little earlier, I handed out the t-shirts. They're very pretty this year. They're also made of a really nice fabric. So whoever ordered one, I'm very jealous of you. I'm on the wait list. I really hope I can get one. They're so nice. But um, I just, like I said before, I was handing out t-shirts to um, everyone in the office and the San Francisco office. And people would just come up to me and talk to me about like who they were. Like I complimented their dog, let me pet their dogs. Everyone was super friendly. Um, I learned a lot about the company and people just by handing out t-shirts for three hours. Um, it was very, 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 very fun for me. I love that. Great way to meet people, especially when you're brand new. Uh, Brian, tell us about an event or something really meaningful to you being a part of QFAM. Um, so just last week, there was a pride trivia game event thing. Um, and what I loved about that uh, was that it, it had like some pop culture stuff, but it also had uh, some LGBT history and uh, like it would give an answer. Then it would like talk about Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera and all the, the history that you don't necessarily learn going to public school. Um, and so I, I was just so uh, impressed about that and appreciative. Ooh, that's a great example. Some history. I like it. Yeah, we had, so I lead a sales organization and one of my managers got on and last week went over the history of Pride. So like, how did it originate? What does it stand for? Why it's important? Events that we have going on. So it was really cool to kind of hear and understand the backstory. Um, so I love that you called that out. Uh, Paul, what about you? What is, uh, you know, QFAM mean to you or something meaningful that you've taken away? Um, yeah, so I believe there was one meetup that happened, I don't know, at some point, either way, one QFAM bi-weekly meetup I joined, and, um, I think not too many other people joined, it was like me and just a, like one or two other people, and it just kind of turned into this, like, 
heart to heart on like just a lot of gender feelings and fat like i was like talking about my whole fashion journey and like just one of these things where it's like i felt like i, I really got to like open up about a lot of subjects that can't don't really come up that much like even outside of work for me um and it was just kind of this um really special bonding moment where like i'm chatting with the there's um was like other queer people sharing their experiences and kind of like giving giving me advice about like oh trying i guess i guess just the 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 fact that like i, I was able to kind of like um cultivate these like kind of stronger connections through this shared sense of queerness in the cro um that yeah that just and it's funny because like it wasn't a special event or anything it was just like certain couple of people got together and then some magic happened yeah that's how it works that's how it works thank you for sharing that um so we're gonna wrap up we're on our last question i can't believe it it's been so much fun chatting with all of you hearing your experiences you know and i always like to end with some sort of call to action um, and we hope that this discussion has inspired folks in the LGBTQIA plus community as they work to build careers in tech as well out there if you're listening and you're an ally, right? And you wanna help improve the industry um, and help create more inclusive work environments. So let me ask each of you, is there a takeaway that you could share with us for folks out there who are feeling inspired to be an ally, join an ERO to do more. Um, what's one small step that you would recommend someone could take if they were feeling inspired after listening today? Britt, I'll start with you. I guess I guess to allies out there, um, be an engaged listener, be you know open and willing to listen to anyone that's trying to explain their journey or where they've come from. Um, especially um, as someone who's very, very, very like brand new to the tech industry, um, it's very overwhelming sometimes. You know, putting your foot in the door, and you know, seeing everyone here. Um, but I think for anyone who's in similar to my position, where you're kind of new to the industry and you're kind of just trying to find your way, don't be afraid to be who you are. Ask questions. You know show up put yourself out there um majority of the time people are willing to help you learn and help you you know find where you're going but also be willing to like take take feedback and learn from what people are telling you i think is a good a good um point for me absolutely okay engaged listening for our allies out there i love it ryan what about you i would say being protective of your spaces and communities, making sure that uh, they they stay inclusive and um, are are spaces that queer people are going to feel welcome. That that everybody is going to feel welcome. Um, making sure that diverse voices get included in conversations and decisions. Um, I, I think those are all good ways to be supportive. Yeah, beautiful. Take us home, Paul. Oh man, Ryan took mine. Yeah, I was gonna say like create spaces for, create spaces where you can allow those that don't, you know, conform to exist and flourish and be encouraged. Um, it's the best way to put it. And yeah. then yeah, protect those spaces, make sure that like they, they stay good. Um, mm -hmm. They don't 
go away or become something bad. Absolutely. See something, say something, right? We all have to, we all, it's not one person that can change something or make it an inclusive environment. Every single person has to be all in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. This was such a fun episode. Uh, uh, tuning in to the Meraki Unbox podcast. We appreciate it. We hope you listen, download all of our episodes, subscribe, tell all your friends. Um, this episode is premiering in the month of June. So to all of our listeners out there, happy Pride Month. We hope you enjoy this episode today and we will see you again in two weeks with new content. Take care, everyone.